MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dan Martinez. He's Jared Smith. And today we are focused on the NFL schedule. I mean, Jared, it's hysterical. Literally week one of every football season I, on social media or something like that, I call it Christmas morning, right? Because I'm just so excited. We get to see everybody has hopeful, you know, whether it's your fantasy team or real life NFL teams where zero and zero, there's hope springs eternal. And you know what? For the schedule release, much like the NFL draft, I had a similar feeling. You know, we are, have something to look forward to in these crazy times. Absolutely. And we get this schedule and we start to digest it and we start to hear leaks throughout the day on Thursday. But then we really get it on Friday and, and we really digest it on Friday and really dive into it. And that's really when I had a chance to to kind of get into this thing. And I'll tell you what, right out of the gate, week one. I mean, Dane, they didn't waste any time. And I think because of the situation that our country is in, I think they thought week one was going to be one of those types of weeks that brings everybody together because it's the first week that football's back. And they went all out. I mean, the Saints-Bucks game, we saw movement on that game already. Vikings-Packers, the Chiefs faced the Texans in a playoff. I mean, they really went all out in week one. And to me, that was the biggest takeaway right out of the gate. Also, ESPN's got a really good Monday night football schedule this season, unlike previous years. So I think right now you're seeing a lot of very interesting developments, some quirks as well in the schedule too, which we'll get into. 
Yeah, absolutely. We are going to have an opportunity to dig into it, like you said, whether it's week one, primetime games, what we look for as fans and handicappers when it comes to the schedule. But here's what I want to ask you also. You know, it was another one of these collaborations at about 8 o'clock when they released it, but every team on social media about half an hour earlier released the schedule. You know, so my question is, what were you really looking for in the television show that was the schedule release? You know, at least in March Madness, they're informing you, right, like, of what the brackets are going to be. Here, it felt like more analysis and reaction as opposed to information because I was going to my favorite team's social media page yeah. and seeing how creative they were going to be as they released the schedule. And there were some good ones. But, I mean, it was interesting that the schedule was actually out before the television show was. I don't know if it was leaks or spoilers or what. It's an interesting quirk to me because it happens every year. Yeah, and again, I, I listen, I, I, I applaud ESPN, and I think NFL Network did one too, uh, of trying to get these uh, schedule release shows kind of up and running. But let's be real, it's not on the same level of the draft because you're right, the information's out there already. And really what it was was the players, or actually the former players, the analysts now, the former players, and I guess there's some non-former player analysts as well on ESPN uh, and throughout some of these other networks, but it was to get their reaction to it. And they also, right. I thought they did an interesting thing uh, where they went through each game and did gave teams wins or losses. But what they didn't do, which is what we do, which is why we're better, is because we actually gave you the win totals. Yeah, we in addition, it up against so, something. Yeah, we're just doing a fun yet. little exercise. Exactly. We're doing it within the context of how you can get exactly. some money. And that's what we're about here on SportsGrid. I did see that as well, though. And Jared, I mean, they're biting like segments off of us. <laughs> that's what we do. I'm you know, and, and, I, and I'm watching, I, I forget who it was. I think it was, uh, uh, I, I think it might have been Lewis Riddick that was going through, I forget which analyst, but he was going through win, loss, loss, win, loss, right. win. Why wouldn't the NFL throw up a graphic there somewhere on the screen that had projected win total 10 and a half mm -hmm. on Caesars? No, uh, I think the NFL is missing an opportunity there to get gambling into the mix. And I really think or that even the, the NFL, spread on those games or that they have or that. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, we are getting towards the gambling mode where these types of teams and networks are embracing it. And, you know, the, the owners are in bed with, you know, DraftKings and, and, and FanDuel and, and DraftKings uh, is a publicly traded company Up now. Another percent today. Exactly. And it keeps on rolling, baby. Why wouldn't you want these networks? Why wouldn't ESPN capitalize off that? I'm a little surprised, actually, that there wasn't more of a gambling spin to that schedule hmm. release show. It really would have been a perfect opportunity to bring in maybe one of your gambling guys. Maybe you have Van Pelter. Right. Uh, you know, you know, you bring in uh, Stanford Steve to talk about it a little bit. Uh, but I think they kept it kind of in the family where they really just wanted to get down to the nitty gritty of the schedule. They didn't want to include their exotic, uh, you know, sure. takes, which is the, on the gambling side. And to me, I think that's the biggest disconnect still between the major networks and what we do here, because we take that news, that same news. We do that exact same exercise where we go through game by game, mm -hmm. but we but we give it to you inside the frame of here are the ang angles, here are the edges. Mm -hmm. Whereas ESPN is just regurgitating the information, and unless you give two craps about whatever analyst is giving you his advice, you don't care about what they say. Whereas it doesn't matter which analyst gives you the advice. If that analyst is making you money, you will listen. And, Jared, and, you know, that, that's it. That's the key. 
Listen, it, you hear me say it all the time. Maybe those guys are just giving you a fish. We, we're teaching you how to fish, and that's why you need the edge here on SportsGrid. And we are going to do that with the two hours we have here on In-Game Live. That's why you're here with us on a Sunday afternoon trying to get ahead of it and get some money. Bring your mom in, too. It's Mother's Day. She can understand how to earn some money as Mother's well. Day. We'll definitely dive deep and figure all of that out. I do want to ask you, though. Because, you know, we talk about it openly. We're still fans of certain teams, right? And you're still fans of a team, even though you are a data gatherer and sports investor. What do you look for? When the schedule comes out, like, where do your eyes go? I hear people, let's say, like, week 17. I hear people think about opening day or where is the buy? Or do we have a game on Monday night? You know, what are the things that you just naturally look to, whether it is the NFL schedule overall or your favorite team? What is the first thing you looked at, whether it was 7.30 when it came out on social media or in this television show that we're talking about with those other guys? Definitely when the buy is. Okay. And also the bookends of the schedule, I think, is key, starting and finishing. That, to me, is the key. I think as an NFL team, if you were going to ask me, would I rather have a tough season at the end of the beginning or in the middle? I choose the middle. I want my toughest games to be week 6 through 12. That's where I want the meat of my schedule to be. I want my schedule to look and taste like a sandwich and not the other way around, where week one, week 17 are your hardest games. Hmm. That's tough. So I immediately look for edges with teams that have easy starts to get off to good starts and get that momentum and teams that have easy finishes. Not easy, but relatively compared to the rest of the schedule. So there are some teams on that I pointed out right away that I found right away that were kind of of bookends. And that is a key one to me because if I'm a team, I want the meat of my schedule to be where the meat of a sandwich would normally be, right in the middle. I want some time to gear up. And then I want some time to gear down for the postseason. And I think there's two ways to play it. If a team has a really easy close to the season, I would give them a little more juice in the futures markets because I think it gets them time to prepare for the playoffs. And on the flip side, if they have a really easy start to the season, I go more on the win total side. Because like I said, if you get off to a good start, you can come off of things easier. On win totals, whereas if you start get off smacking. to a bad exactly, where if you get off to a bad start, well then I'm gonna get more value on the futures market. Right. So it's to me that that's the bookend, and it's a dynamic it's a seesaw, that we'll right? It's either one way or the other. Exactly. So if I like a win total on a team, I want that team to have a good, an easy start to the schedule. If I like a futures market Super Bowl bet on a team, I want that team to have an easy end to the schedule so they okay. can gear up for the playoffs. That and it's not always an exact science. You're gonna kind of go in between, but. It's funny because the teams that I liked in certain areas matched up to that, and that's why Good. I moved forward with a couple bets All right. uh, this weekend. So here's the thing, and we will look at that, right? We will apply what you're saying to the right teams a little bit later on in the show. But remember, we are teaching people how to fish, right? So this is one of the things you look. Ride that seesaw on win totals and futures value based on schedule strength maybe earlier in the season or later in the season. Later in the show, we'll see what teams Jared is talking about that maybe that works out for and what bets he can make off of it. For example, Jarrell, one of the things that I look for is, and I've asked, I've asked NFL coaches, and this is what they look for at the very beginning. Okay, they look at a lot of home road stuff. All right, and one of the things, only a few teams have this every single year: the dreaded three-game road stretch. 
All right. This doesn't happen with a lot of teams. This year, there were four teams that have them. I'll let you know who they are because some of them are actual contenders and some of them happen late in the season. And what I think about, and it just stands to reason, right? If you are on the third of a three-game road trip, this team is likely dragging ass. And so you may have to look at that team and at that weekly spread, and it may be a one that you could get ahead of before people realize it when it happens in week 13 or you may want to actually ride that you know underdog team because they're getting a little bit of a boost there that's one thing i look for and uh, yeah I, i'm curious what those teams are i haven't looked yep. into that that, no, that I'll is let you an know later one. in the show yeah no i'm curious what those teams are i think what i'm gonna do is i think i'm gonna make like a list of corks and mm-hmm. I, I didn't have a chance to do it yet. Again, we've only had, you know, about sure, 24 hours days. to really digest this, uh, you know, and really get into it. I think next weekend I'll have a much better grasp of which teams I really am high on, whereas I just have some initial gut reactions today. I did make one bet officially and a second one that I'm close to pulling the trigger on. Uh, and I probably will pull the trigger on this weekend at some point. Um, but I will say this. To me, the quirkiness of the schedule might have been a little bit amplified this season because of some puzzle pieces that might have needed to be fit together. And from all accounts, the NFL is moving forward with what they expect to be a normal timing of a season. But they did build in this kind that of flexibility. Yeah, they built in kind of a natural flexibility, whereas if they had to move things, they could. Yep. But if you look at the way the schedule is constructed – there is no doubt in my mind that the NFL wants this to be one, two, three, and not four, five, six, and then week one after week 17, which would be like week 17A in, in a sense, where you would they kind of roll fact, it back. Yeah, they did build that flexibility in. I believe your week two opponent you share a bye with. So if they needed to kind of move that game, they would share an open date. But here's the thing, and you know, the last piece we'll say on this, and then we will go hunting for value in the NFL schedule here on In Game Live. You know, Jared, I think the NFL just gets lucky on a lot of times just in the way their calendar is organized, right? Here in the spring, when everything else is shut down, opening days are shut down, the push to playoffs are shut down in other sports, the NBL, excuse me, the NFL, NFL gets to conduct business, whether it's free agency, the draft, and still be kind of the only game in town, whether it's prop bets on the NFL draft or people following free agency signings or a three-hour primetime show about the schedule release, the NFL still reigns supreme. And also in the fall, they've scheduled it right now, right, so that it'll happen, what, September 10th as the opening night? Guess what? A month before that, they'll be able to see what Major League Baseball is doing. They'll be able to see what the NBA is doing. They'll be able to see if society in this country is okay with sporting events happening, if fans are there or not, if we're temperature-checking people just in public spaces. They'll already know that. They're never going to have to be the league, given when this happened in the calendar, that's going to have to take the first step. And we'll be back after the break. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith right here on SportsGrid. It's in-game live. Come on back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
the Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back here to In Game Live. Dane Martinez and Jared Smith here on SportsGrid, and we're, you know, reacting here to the NFL schedule, but we're doing so not just like those other guys out there, okay? We are trying to find value. We're trying to help you win a little bit of extra money here on this Mother's Day. Get an extra bouquet of flowers for mom after betting some of the futures bets we are going to go through in the next few hours. You know, Jared, we're still at the big picture level here, and so you said, you know, they were breaking out all the stops. Week one was one way they did that, but you also said said that Monday night football, they are giving people a treat on prime time. What are some of the highlights on the Monday night football schedule that you noticed? Oh, man, this Monday night football schedule is stacked. Well, obviously, the first week, usually you get the doubleheader. Not usually. You always get the doubleheader. But usually the second game of that doubleheader is, you know, eh, it's kind of a B-rate game. It's like the Chargers and the Raiders or something. You know, it's a lower-ranked divisional game where you wouldn't expect there to be a lot of prime buzz. Well, we get the Steelers and the Giants as the opening Monday Night Football game, which is a great game, two iconic franchises. And then we get what could be a better game in, in, the, in, the, in the nightcap. Titans, who were 30 minutes away from the Super Bowl last season, and the Broncos, who by all accounts are an improved team. So I would say you get... Right out of the gate, a great schedule. Then you start to get into this Raiders, uh, Vegas, baby, love. Uh, One of four home primetime games Mm -hmm. for the Raiders in week two is Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints uh, coming to Sin City. Oh, and then, by the way, week three, you get the defending Super Bowl champs going on the road to face the MVP of the league in Lamar Jackson. So talk about the biggest coup of the season. That's it right there. Chiefs at Ravens week three on Monday night. 
Holy moly. And then here are some of the other matchups. They're really juicy. Falcons, Packers, Chargers, Saints, Cards, Cowboys, two old NFC East rivals doing battle. Then you got the Bears and the Rams, Bucks at Giants, Tom Brady going back to MetLife Stadium, Patriots mm-hmm. at Jets. Who knows what that matchup could look like? Then you get some NFC North action, Vikings, Bears, Rams, Bucks, Seahawks going to Philly, which is going to be a hell of a game. Then the Bills and the Niners, which is going to be a great game. Then you get a divisional game, Ravens, Browns. Then you get another divisional game in the North, Steelers, Bengals, which probably the weakest of all the games, I think. And then the last Monday night game of the year, Bills at Pats, which could determine the AFC East. So you potentially have three division-changing games in the last half of the schedule. And then in that first half of the schedule, you've got the, the defending champs facing the team that was the best the best team in football last season up until the playoffs. So the Monday night football schedule is absolutely stacked this year, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, there's primetime games every week. One of the things you mentioned was the Bengals and how they were in one of those Monday night football games. And that's interesting to me because usually the Bengals get like a Thursday night football game. You know, every team has to be on primetime at least once. I have a couple of interesting notes from the primetime schedule that I'll share a little bit later on in the show. You know, they're also, the NFL, is doing something that they haven't really ever done before. And that is not about Monday night. It's not about Sunday night, but it's about Friday. They're going to have a game on Christmas Day, Jared, taking Friday, another kind of like swipe at other sports. And, you know, whether it's Christmas Day, which is usually an NBA day or hitting up Friday night, we've been hearing about days, you know, taking Saturdays if college football can go as an adjustment potentially. What do you think about the NFL staking its claim on a Friday night on Christmas Day, Saints and Vikings? I think that was one of the more – under the radar things that happen that people should pay a little more attention to because I do think it is kind of marking the line of demarcation, whereas mm-hmm. Christmas Day used to always be NFL, NBA. Uh, NBA and Thanksgiving Day is NFL. Well, now the line's a little blurred, and I'm not going to say that the NBA is going to come in on Thanksgiving Day, but they could because the schedule is going to get pushed back. Mm-hmm. What if the NBA schedule starts December 1st? And they kind of infringe on Thanksgiving Day or it starts on Thanksgiving Day and it won't because it's too much of an NBA or an NFL holiday. And I think that's the important distinction to make. The NBA, the NFL can get away with this. The NBA can't. The NBA could not get away and they could do it, but nobody would watch. If the NBA put their games on Thanksgiving Day, nobody would watch them. Maybe some people would. Right, because it's football day. It's still a football day. Whereas the hardcore NBA fan would watch, but the average sports fan is gravitating towards the NFL. Whereas now the NFL takes over Christmas Day, not takes over, but starts to, you know, Mm -hmm. chip away, plant their flag a little bit in the ground. The NFL is going to eat into that market share, no doubt about it. It's the NFL. So it is an intriguing little move that they made. Kind of a little bit of of a kind of an under the radar thing where you might not have noticed it. Or if you did notice it, you might not really realize the impact of it which is, an, is, an, is a macroeconomic impact, which I think is kind of something that you should take into account because it is interesting that the NFL is trying to get their hands for shot across on the bow. St. Nick's, yeah, on old St. Nick's yeah. holiday. I'll be watching that. I'll be watching that game. Oh, That's I'm definitely going to be watching Saints, it. Saints-Vikings? Yeah. 
Because this is also, that could be, I think that's Fantasy Football Championship weekend. Probably. Okay, so I'm definitely going to be watching it anyway. All right, and now that it's stretched over, maybe my team in the championship will get out to a little lead on Friday night football. Um, but here's the thing. I think you make a good point that this year is the perfect year to test it, right? Because the we've said it before on this show and in other places on this network, the fall and winter sports schedule is going to be comprised of overlapping events left and right anyway. We've talked about the Masters moving to November. We've talked about the triple crown races moving potentially to the fall so you know there's gonna be this kind of double booking anyway so it's not like these holidays are going to be sacred here in 2020 so the nfl as you mentioned you know kind of stakes a claim plants a flag first uh, shot across the bow it will be interesting to see how much it eats into the nba kind of owning christmas day one other quirk that i noticed we talked about christmas we talked about some of the primetime dates usually jared there is saturday games at the end of the schedule in December, you know, and this is usually the point of the year in college football, talk about overlap and double booking. This is usually that point of college football after, you know, conference championships have happened, after the Heisman Trophy has been given out, after the Army-Navy game, when we're into kind of like bowl week. And the NFL plays some games on Saturday. I thought it was interesting, Jared, that they have not yet identified what games will be on Saturday in yeah. December and say weeks 14, 15, 16, like they usually do. I just think that's another thing speaking to the flexibility that the NFL wants to have with this schedule in this unique season. That's an interesting note. I didn't notice that. Um, I did notice there were some TBDs on some, some of yep. the Saturday games. But they uh, haven't said anything is Saturday. Yeah, yet. that's true. You know, I I feel like I feel like the NFL is gonna make a little bit of a drastic change uh, to these end of season games because I don't know about you, but it does. They they do seem a little trite. Like I remember last year, it was a Saturday, and I want to say it was like the Saturday noon game. I think it was a. It might have been a triple header on a Saturday. A but Tampa Bay versus Houston. Yeah, like I, I feel yep, like the NFL happened. should put I feel like the NFL should try to do a better job with flexing those because so I listen, think they those flex Saturday the Sunday games night games, good. right? So when you see Sunday night in week yeah. sixteen is technically Tennessee and Green Bay right now. Maybe it is, maybe it won't be, right? When you see week 15, San Francisco, Dallas, maybe it will be, but if Dallas defecates the mattress, they're gonna move another big time game in there. Yeah, and I don't think Dallas is going to. I think Dallas is going to be a decent. I'm just saying they provide that flexibility yeah, it, with Sunday night football, nice, so they're yeah, going to do it with it Saturday. It is nice to have it. It is nice to have it. I, I'm curious. I'm curious also how things slide up if the college football season gets affected right. in any way. Right. So I, I think the NFL is in an interesting position, and I've had this discussion a lot uh, with Kevin Walsh because I always try to use these types of situations as silver linings. So obviously we're upset. It's bad. Nobody wants this to happen where the schedules and things get changed and people are dying and the pandemic is ravaging our economy and so on and so forth. But the, the, the glass half full of it is it is an opportunity for these leagues, especially the NBA, I think, to address other issues in the sport and especially that have to deal with specifically the schedule and the parameters and the rules and the way that the puzzle pieces fit together. And I do think there are things, the wrinkles that need to get ironed out in every sport when it comes to the schedule. But I do also believe this is an opportunity to fix some of those things. So I applaud the NFL for taking the chance of going on to Christmas Day. My guess is it's an experiment. And if it doesn't work, they can backtrack off of it because they never mentioned that at all. That was never mentioned at no. all. 
Friday? And they kind of sprung that. Christmas? Yeah, that's out of nowhere. That's never happened with the exception of Christmas Day falling on a, on a Sunday. Sunday. Exactly. Right. And if, unless that's the case, the NFL does not play on Sunday night. Uh, Monday night, and if it, excuse me, they don't play on Christmas Day. If it's a Sunday or if it's a Monday night, they will. But unless it is, it just right. happens to fall on their day, they don't play. it's a unique year, Jared. We've talked about this, right? This this fall, this winter, there's going to be a ton of those examples. We've joked about the Masters and Georgia hosting a game against Tennessee on the same weekend, right? Yeah. So I think it looks interesting now to us. But by the time we hit December 25th, it's not going to feel unique that there's an overlapping sports event happening this Fair. year, given the movement. Think about July. July could literally be an overlap. The entire, the entire month could be overlapping. And as we've heard, we have no idea what's going to happen with college football. We've heard proposals that the NFL may have more games on Saturdays early in the season if – College football is not being played. Just another way that the NFL has built in flexibility into this schedule, whether it's reaching out to Tampa Bay about moving the Super Bowl, whether it's having teams share open dates later in the schedule, your week two opponent, I believe. One other thing, though, I don't know how you feel about this one. You and I have had this conversation, Jared. You know, the Rams, the Chargers, the Raiders. I don't know if those stadiums are built yet. So I was going to be looking at, are those games or those teams heavily booked with road dates early in the season? And no, they are not. You know, the Chargers start at Cincinnati, but they play at home technically week two. The Raiders, you already mentioned, open that stadium maybe week two with Monday night. And the Rams have a big time Sunday night football game week one at home, supposedly, against the Cowboys in a stadium that last I checked. Ain't finished yet. No. And I think that's an interesting thing to note because I think it has a lot. It has a major effect on if things have to move. How do they move? And I, I, I was a little surprised. I, the, the NFL, actually, I'm, I'm not surprised because the NFL is about as bullish of a league. And I don't mean bullish in the form of stocks and bonds. I mean, like, they are like a bull. Others. They just plow forward. They plowed through the draft. And now they're plowing through the schedule under the guise that everything is going to be okay and fine and dandy. We hope it is. We don't know it will be, but we hope it is. But they basically put – they made a little bit of a backup plan with being able to move things, but they didn't write many other hedges into the schedule. We thought they were going to be division games late. No, there's plenty of division games early. We thought that there was going to be some you know, movement with certain teams that put in certain spots to protect them against those types of situations, but there wasn't. The NFL created this schedule under the guise that everything is normal. And we'll see if it we'll see if it backfires. We'll see, but I think they're reading the tea leaves of Major League Baseball and some of these other sports, and realizing by by the time September hits, there will be action. Maybe it'll be this no fan solution, but I think they are taking their cue from other sports. All right, when we come back from break, here's what we're gonna do, Jared. I'm going to tell you a couple of the quirks that I've seen. Will it impact any of your thoughts on teams? You're gonna tell me some of the teams and some of the easy or hard schedules, and we're gonna go hunting for value. It's in game live, Dane and Jared, right here on Sports Grid. Come on back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He's Jared Smith. And what we're doing is hunting for value in the NFL schedule. Our friends at FanDuel have been putting up lines for the last few weeks, whether it's some teams where we've been able to see game by game, whether it's win totals, whether it's division odds, whether it's playoffs, yes, no. And we're going to try and see if what we've learned from the NFL schedule can help us win some money. You know, earlier in the show, Jared, I mentioned that I've talked to NFL coaches before, and I know that players and what they look at as this idea of the ordeal of a three-game road trip. You know, and it stands to reason, you know, you never get to sleep in your own bed, you're keeping on traveling, and by the third game there, you know, it may be a situation where when we used to be doing this game-by-game option, you'd be like, oh, I'd give them a win at whoever, but if you factor in that it's the third in the row on the road, it may be a little bit different, and maybe in this three-game stretch, they take an L where you didn't think. And so I want to present to you, it happens with four teams. It doesn't usually happen to a ton of teams, but it, it sets these teams back. Okay, and it's some interesting ones. For example, one of them is the New England Patriots. And mm. I actually think do not – I do not think the schedule was kind to the Patriots on a number of levels that we can get into. But the New England Patriots, oh, they wow. have – At the end of their schedule, weeks 13 to 15, the Patriots have back-to-back road games in Los Angeles against the Chargers and the Rams, and then they travel to Miami. Now, Jared, at Miami is always an interesting matchup for the New England Patriots, you know, but people, you know, who are the public out there or squares out there, they'll be like, I'll lay the points, give me the pats. What about the fact now that not only is at Miami always a tough one, but it will be their third road game in a row? Yeah, 
that I didn't I did not look at the Patriots schedule that deeply. Um, that is a really interesting caveat. And not only that, England also has su- three road primetime games. They not only that, primetime games on the road, a Sunday night in Seattle. No easy task. A no. Monday night football at the Jets. No easy task. And a Thursday night football in this road trip against the Rams. No easy schedule for the Pats. Yeah. And you would think they're going to beat the Jets. But other than that, I would say all of those primetime games, they'll likely be underdogged in. They're That's underdogs. Right. In. So uh, you know, at Seattle, definitely uh, home against Buffalo. We'll see who's leading in the division. My guess is the Patriots will be slight favorites, if that. Um, and then they also have a really tough game against the Ravens uh, at primetime at home. But I would imagine they'll be underdogs in that game as well. Uh, the Ravens handed it to New England last season, if you remember, um, prime in, in prime time. Um, I'll tell you what. Now, I'll say this about the Patriots season. They do start off with two really easy home games in their first three. So, yes, while that Seattle game is tough right out of the gate, they should be two and one. At home against Miami, at home against the Raiders uh, in weeks one and weeks three, you would think they're going to be two and one at worst to start. And then they go to Kansas City in week four. And I think by then, that's when you'll find out just how good Jarrett Stidham is, if he is, in fact, the starter, which it does appear. And that's another thing. I don't know. Do you? I don't buy this. This Belichick is literally throwing his reputation on the quarterback room of Jarrett Stidham, Bryant Hoyer, For now. Brian Lewerke, and Jamar Chase. That is who he is saying, oh, we, we've got four good football players in our quarterback room. I am not buying your 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 brand of whatever you want to pitch that to me. I mean, maybe deep down you might think that, but if on the outside it does not, you are really looking like you're kind of pitching your reputation on these well, guys. We've talked about the Patriots before, whether it's a one-year mini-build, whether they're looking for Trevor, whether they're looking for Deshaun Watson. All I'm saying is that the schedule did not look good for the New England Patriots. Interestingly enough, Jared, another team that faces this issue is one of the big-time contenders in the NFC. The New Orleans Saints also have to go through this kind of gauntlet. Also, late in the schedule, weeks 12, 13, and 14, the New Orleans Saints go at... Uh, let's see. Where do they go? Excuse me. They go New Orleans. They have it three in a row at Denver, at Atlanta, at Philadelphia. Three in a row, weeks 12, week 13, and week 14. I'm going to tell you something. That game at Philadelphia, right, that might be a game where who knows what's on the line, but in another going game by game on the Saints, you're like, oh, yeah, they could win outside. They've won in Philadelphia before. That one is now the third of three in a row for the Saints. And I think the New Orleans schedule is pretty tough, too, to be honest with you. You know, you face Tom, you know, right out of the gate, week one is basically a Super Bowl atmosphere, whereas last season you faced uh, Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. Now you face Rob Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady. And then you go to Vegas on a primetime spot, and that's going to be an interesting game. And then you face the Packers, who have had your number in recent years, uh, but also who... Uh, you know, might be a step slower than they were in previous seasons based on the offseason they had. And I don't like that the young I if I'm a if I'm an older team like New Orleans is, I don't want an early buy because that means week seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. That means you have 10 straight weeks of games with no with no mm-hmm. break. I'd rather have the late buy if I'm an older team. If I'm a younger team, I'd want the early buy. So I, and again, New Orleans, I would classify as an older team, especially a quarterback. So I don't think the schedule shapes up well for the Saints at all. I am high 
So I've been getting asked questions all the time. Oh, do you bet the Bucks? You bet the Bucks? No. There's a way you can bet the Bucks without betting them. You bet the under on the Saints. You know, it, 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 I think the Bucks number is too high, whereas the Saints number is also very high. But to me, the Saints, that extra win, 10.5 from 9.5 to the Bucks, and also they've got a, a tough schedule. And you just mentioned it. You throw the three road games in a row. I am I, I think I was a year early on New Orleans. I was heavy against the Saints last season. Hmm. I, thought, I, I made my correct handicap. I said Drew Brees won't finish the year. He didn't. And then the unfortunate thing is Teddy Bridgewater was 5-0, and oh, and that kind of right. sunk the bet. But the bet, the, the handicap was right. The handicap was the Saints are a bit overrated. I don't think Drew Brees is going to finish the season. Well, that was true. But the other side of the coin happened. And I think the same is in the case this year. But there's no Teddy Bridgewater to bail him out. It's Jameis Winston, which whole different animal. So I, I would say this schedule under on the Saints, very strong play for me. Interesting. All right. So we're trying to find value here in the NFL schedule. Another thing I look for all the time is these three back-to-back road games. And we found a couple of teams. Now, unfortunately, Jared, another team that faces this uh, quirk is a team that you and I have spoken about before. I know you've spoken about before on the other shows that you do here on this network on the morning after. I'm talking about the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals have to do this early in the season when everything's supposed to be gelling for them. They have three straight road games, weeks four, five, and six, at Carolina, then at the New York Jets, then at the Dallas Cowboys. All games that, interestingly enough, if they're supposed to take this step forward, they may need to win one of those kind of games on the road. But it shapes up tough three games in a row against teams that maybe you would have had them beating. Maybe you have them beating the Jets on the road if you're high on Arizona, but maybe not anymore. Maybe you have them beating Dallas on the road if you're high on the Cardinals. But I don't know if you can do that anymore, Jared. Again, the third road game in a row. Yeah, and again, these are just these are just tough games. Yep. Everything about these schedules, and I think, and and I, I got pushed back on this a little bit the other night. They're like, how can you how can you grade these schedules already when you don't know what's happening in them? And these, situ- you just have to look at the a tough spot. Yeah, exactly. And you just have to look through the prisms of certain spots. Right. What was the third game you mentioned then? It's at Carolina, at the Jets, and then at Jerry's World for the Cowboys. And like Arizona-Dallas, the way we have been talking about them, right? Could those not be teams that we're looking at playoff yes-no bets for? Right. And this kind of one game, I know you and I have been talking about the Cardinals, right? I think they take a step forward. And I think Dallas, you know, is not the best team in the NFC East. I think that's the Philadelphia Eagles, right? So I could see a universe where the Cardinals and the Cowboys are real tight. And the fact that this game, you know, is the third in the row for the Cardinals. Meanwhile, Dallas, for them, it will be uh, the third home game in a row. And it's a Monday night football game. This is week six, Monday night football. The Cowboys will have their third home game in a row where the Cardinals coming into this game, their third road game. Show me the line for that right now. I'll take Dallas. And the funny thing is, is that those first two games are, are, you would classify them as easier games. But if you lose both of those games on the road, which is, yep. e- it's easy to lose on the road in the NFL. I mean, you're not feeling great going into Dallas for right. week three. And Dallas there. is going to be chilling at home three weeks in a row, Monday night football at home. This is I a mean, the good news that is, could be a difference for the Cardinal season. The good news is. The prior two weeks, they could arguably be facing two of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah. And those are the only two teams, the Redskins and the Lions, who don't have a primetime game. 
uh, you know, a Monday night or a Sunday night game. And I'm not surprised at either of those things. Uh, the Lions do get their Thanksgiving Day game, and so do the and so do the Redskins, and that counts towards the prime time. Uh, that's why they're excluded from that, but that's not technically in prime time. It's a one and a four. The Redskins play uh, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day, and of course the Lions have their traditional Thanksgiving Day. I believe it's against the Texans, which is a very weird Thanksgiving Day game. The Lions play the Texans. Uh, the Cowboys have another the one. That was team. another takeaway, by the and way. And it's a big time AFC North rivalry game at night. I didn't love. The, I don't love the Thanksgiving Day games. Mm. I mean, I you understand. Get into that. Yeah, I've got I, something I, I on that later on. It hurts one team, and we'll talk about that as we're hunting for value also. But we only have a couple minutes. There is one more team that has three in a row. They're not expected to be a contender. It's the Washington football team. It starts with a road game on Thanksgiving, as you mentioned, at Dallas. After that, they go at Pittsburgh week 13, and then at San Francisco week 14. That is all over the country, so it doesn't look good for Washington at the end of the year. You know, there was a bet I saw on FanDuel, team record specials, Mm. and it said worst record in the NFL. The Redskins are 6-1. to That's interesting. And look, the Washington football team, after Thanksgiving, they only have two home games. It's Carolina coming in and Seattle coming in. No easy task for the Washington football team, for sure. I mean, I personally think, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on in the show, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have showed you that they have no intention of winning in 2020. So you put them, and, you know, Washington could be there as well, but this schedule does not set up easy. They get a home game to start against Philly, then a two Two-game road trip. They have, you know, at Dallas for Thanksgiving, which is kind of a sacrificial lamb spot. Not easy for Washington. Not not an easy situation for the Redskins. Um, I definitely am on there under this season. Uh, I'm, I, I tell you what, this schedule has put me into a spot where I'm ready to fire away on some teams because I think I'm going to get the movement in my direction. I really do. All right. And we're going to keep on coming back, talking about some of those teams. You know, I am very intrigued about Jared's thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens. I think there's a couple of quirks in their schedule that are pretty interesting. There's also, you know, every team, everybody wants to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll look at their schedule. To me, it gets very kind towards the end for old man Brady. We'll talk about that. And I'm also looking for value in the primetime schedule. You know, we talk about how every team needs to get one primetime game at least. There's a few teams that have five and as many as six, if you look carefully. And uh, the way those are balanced really helps some teams and hurts some teams. I'll pitch them to Jared and see what kind of value he thinks he could apply there in some of the futures bets. We'll also look at week one of the NFL schedule, all right? Because now we have the whole week. We could pick some winners. We could pick some parlays. And we can even make a pick for a knockout pool. We'll do all of that and more here on In Game Live. It's Dane and Jared giving you the edge on SportsGrid. That's what we do. When we come back, we look at travel. We look at the Ravens and so much more. Stick around. We're going to be here hunting for value. Hope you will, too. It's in-game live on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He's Jared Smith, and we're talking about the NFL schedule and all the ways you could look at it, dissect it, and try and earn a little bit of money. Now, you know, Jared, before the break, I mentioned the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's interesting. Like, last year, I don't know if you remember this scheduling nugget, but the Atlanta Falcons had something like 13 indoor games, and I thought that was really important. The division they happened to play, yeah. it was all indoor games, so Matt Ryan combined with their home games. And that was one of the reasons that last year I was actually a little bit bullish on the Atlanta Falcons because, like, they only had two games outdoors, and yeah. only one of them was after November or something like that. And, you know, so I apply that. And I look at the Tampa Bay Bucks this season. And, Jared, you know, they have an interesting schedule to start out with. I know they're going to be on a lot of primetime games. I know that they start week one, as you mentioned, in that matchup of Drew Brees, where there's like a thousand touchdowns combined between them. But I'm intrigued by the end of their schedule. They're at Carolina on week 10. After that, they don't play a game that's like outdoors or any kind of challenge their home games are down in florida right their only road games are at atlanta indoors at detroit indoors this team you know sometimes you see miami has to go to buffalo or has to go to new york yeah. or has to go to new england and it hurts them at the end of the season right and we think about some of these cold weather teams that have to come down south early and some of these warm weather teams that have to go up north now Listen, I know Tom Brady's been with the Patriots for the last two decades. He can handle some snow or some wind. But I do think it's interesting that Tampa never really has to go north of the Mason-Dixon anytime, you know, after, say, Veterans Day. It's a cork. It's definitely a cork. Now, 
I, I think the last three weeks are, I mean, you can't really ask for much better there. I mean, I know the Falcons will probably be better than last season, but I would still say that they're on the bottom tier of the division. If you put Tampa and New Orleans in the top tier, I would put Atlanta a step behind. Um, and then they get the the Lions, uh, which will be a weird game with Tom Brady facing his former defensive coordinator yeah. uh, in that dome. And by that point, you would expect the Lions to be out of the playoff race. So it it, it is. And again, like I said, with the Bucks early on, their schedule is, I don't want to say challenging, but I would say it's harder in the first half than right. it is in the back half. But it opens up then later on and they have the late bye. So let's go back to that late seesaw bye. you were talking about. Yeah. Right. Those were one of the teaching you how to fish. How does that apply? For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, Tom Brady gets to take a break right before the, the stretch run. You only have four mm-hmm. games left after the bye. That's a huge advantage for a guy like Tom, who I'm sure by week 12, that old body is going to be creaking a little bit. So, again, I would if I'm if I'm an older quarterback, if I'm a Drew Brees, if I'm a Tom mm-hmm. Brady, if I'm an Aaron Rodgers, I would prefer my bye to be either midway or later. Because if it's a week five, week six bye, well, then you've got 10, 11 consecutive games in a row where a younger team might be able to overcome that, an older team won't. So I, I think that is absolutely an important thing to keep an eye on uh, as we continue to handicap these seasons. Okay, so when it comes to the Bucks, is that something you're going to bet more like the futures market or the win total exactly. based on this earlier on? So which one is it for Tampa? Futures market looks more attractive for Tampa. Late buy, attractive late season schedule gives them a ramp up. But I would wait because if they lose week one of the Saints, which I think they will – you're going to get a little bit of a better price. Right. So if a team has a really tough early season schedule, that's a good indication where if you want to bet the futures market, there might be a better time to buy in. All right, fair enough. You know, one of the things I also remember from last year's schedule, Jared, you and I are both kind of Jets backers. Uh, last year, the Jets, the Jets like never went further west than Cincinnati, I believe. Right. There was some interesting quirk of the schedule where they didn't play the AFC West. They didn't play the NFC West. They play both of those divisions this year. So there's some definitely road trips for the Jets this year, though, when it comes to travel. What do you know? The rich get richer. The Baltimore Ravens have the least amount of travel of any schedule in the NFL in the last four years okay they literally do not travel i think further west than like cincinnati and they stay in like the beltway because they play the nfc east they get washington so it looks like travel is something that smiles upon baltimore i don't understand it because then you look at the jet schedule and it's like Mm -hmm. you couldn't have put them on a rotation of the divisions they play they happen to play the afc west and the nfc west they're in los angeles i think twice this year they're in Los. The Jets are in Los Angeles twice. Right. They're staying in Los Angeles, I believe. No, they're not. They make them go two separate times. Those scheduling makers, they really, they really screwed the Jets over. I mean, we'll get to it at some point like today. The sixth week of the season against the Chargers, and then they go back to. They see couldn't the give them the back-to-back <laughs> LA games, huh? They had to make them go to LA and then Seattle in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Meanwhile, the Jets, I mentioned that the Patriots have three straight road games. They do two, two in a row in, in Los Angeles. They're just hanging out in LA for two weeks. That is an. That is. That is unbelievable. The Jets got. At, the Jets have the toughest schedule in the league. The Jets have the toughest schedule in the NFL. The third place team in the AFC East has the toughest schedule, in my opinion, in the NFL. Uh, but we, 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 when it relates to Baltimore, I listen, it's, it's on funny. the other side. I would say one of the easier schedules. It's, it's a very easier, relatively easy schedule. Right? We talk about the travel. We talk about how they had a great draft. 
Everything is coming up roses for the Ravens. It is. And I, I tell you, Baltimore, I don't love the win total because it's the highest one. I don't like to buy the top. You know that. So I'm not going to run to the window on this win total. Uh, I, but I absolutely, based on the schedule, can see them winning 12 games. Absolutely. Absolutely see them winning 12 games. I like the start. I like the fact that they get a home divisional game to start. And again, you don't see that often absolutely. in the NFL. You don't yep. see that often in the NFL. The NFL does not put divisional games this early. But they did it a lot this year because I think they wanted to they ramp up the schedule. Those ones out of the way to start rolling. And they have a road divisional game against the worst team in the league in week Look 17. Look at their last three games. Their last three games could be against three of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, and it's, it's unbelievable. That was one of the points I was going to make. And then I want to hear some of your other takes on, on Baltimore. But I also, you know, automatically think about fantasy. So not necessarily the last three weeks, but weeks 14, 15, and 16, they have three straight home games against Cleveland, Jacksonville, and the New York football giants. Fire up the Baltimore Ravens defense, and they're going to have Patrick Queen running around too. I'm liking that one for but the fantasy player. They could be 12-1 and one by then. Who knows? <laughs> what else did you notice about the Baltimore Ravens? Yeah, I mean, I think Baltimore's schedule is about, considering that they were the best, they had the best record in the NFL last season, they had the reigning MVP on their staff, and they're going to continue to get better, you would think he's going to continue to get better, their schedule got easier. So you gave the Ravens, which is, by all accounts, the best team in the NFL, an easier schedule than you did last year. And an easier schedule than most of the league. I, I'm not saying it's fair, because I don't know what else went into this, and I don't know if there's other things that we're not thinking of, or if there's a weird cork that we don't know about. But on first glance, this schedule, it looks like a last-place schedule. It, look, it looks. They give them the easy bookends. What do we say about the bookends? They're going to get off to a good start. I think they're going to beat the Browns at home in week one. But although Ariel Epstein says she's a little bit hesitant on that one because the Browns always give the Ravens trouble, and she would know better right. than me. But goodness gracious, those last three weeks. I mean, look at that. That is just the easiest ramp-up you can ask for. The Jags and the Giants at home and then a trip to the number one pick Joe Burrow's house in Cincinnati. What else can you ask for? From a team that went 14-2 and two last year, the reigning MVP, one of the best coaches, one of the best GMs, one of the best well-run organizations, and you give them a cookie of this schedule, Baltimore is going to be a playoff team. They're going to be a top-two seed next year. I'm pretty confident in saying that, maybe three at worst. And they are going to continue to, to feast on what obviously is a, is a relatively easy schedule. Well, here's the deal. So, you know, I'm with you on the Ravens as long as Lamar Jackson has both of his ACLs intact, right, and is not getting concussed. So if he's in there for 16 games, yes, I believe they will be in the playoffs. I'll lay the minus 550 if need be. I think Lamar Jackson injury is really only the caveat for that one. But what it, I think it warrants here for us, Jared, is to once again recap how the NFL schedule is calculated. Because, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness, that's a last place schedule. So I want to explain to people what the 16 games are. Yes. Okay, and it's very interesting because we're going to be adding a 17th game. I don't know how they're going to factor that in formulaically. But at, right now you have 16 games. All right. Six of them are against your division home and road. So, you know, they just happen to have a division that has the worst team in the NFL. Whereas when you talk about the Jets in their division, they have the Patriots and improving Bills team and improving Dolphins team. So the biggest part of your schedule and your kind of strength of schedule is what division you're in. That's six games. And so if you have a very tough division, for example, I think the AFC West uh, may have the best cumulative record, right? That's You're going to have tough games out of those six in your divisional opponents. You also, 
play against a division, an entire division, in the other conference, right? So for the Baltimore uh, Ravens, they happen to play the NFC East. So maybe you think that's a little cookie-ish because they happen to play the NFC East. They get teams like Washington instead of getting to play that tougher NFC West that I'm talking about. The Jets happen to play that tougher NFC West that I'm talking about. Then you play one entire division of your own conference, okay? And Baltimore, in this situation, plays the AFC South, which happens to have, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we expect to be picking in the top of the first, uh, first round next year, as opposed to what I think is the toughest division, the AFC West or the East. They happen to get the other easy AFC team. They do, however, because they are a first-place team, play the other divisional winners. And they do have them on their schedule, Jared. They have the Patriots and they have the Chiefs on their schedule. Whereas, you know, say like the Cleveland Browns in this division have the same exact other opponents. But the exception there is they get the third-place teams in those divisions. They get the Jets and they get the Chargers instead of the Chiefs and the Patriots. So it is tougher. But on some level, they get lucky that the divisional rotation for them happens to land them in divisions where they have low-end teams like Washington or Jacksonville, and it happens to be the ones that are geographically closer for them, whereas the AFC East plays the NFC West, so that means some road trips, and the AFC West, so that means some road trips too. A lot of things lining up for Baltimore. Yeah, and it's the weird quirk of the Ravens being, you know, a more Eastern team than the Redskins. And they're in the AFC North right. and the rotation of it where the other AFC North teams, Bengals, Steelers, well, they have to travel a little bit to get to the Giants and, and the Redskins and the Eagles. And so, I, you know, the, it's not a huge travel from Cleveland to that spot. That's why the Ravens right. are in the AFC North to begin with. But it's still more travel than what Baltimore is going to have to do. I, I don't look at those travelings as much. The West Coast trips, obviously, you handle West yourself. Coast trips, though. Absolutely. But you either get that division on your schedule or you don't. You know what I mean, Jared? And Baltimore lucked out because in both their NFC division and the AFC division that they happen to get in this rotation, neither one of them forces them to go out west. Yeah. I I think at this point in where we are in in, in analyzing these schedules, it's easy for us to pull out little strands like this. I think when we're in the context of the season, we might not think about it as much, which is why I think it's a good thing to think about now Because what it does is it gives us a baseline of where we expect teams to be. And then, like I said, when you're handicapping, you need your own set of power ratings. And that's where you base where you are. And and I think it's important for us to analyze it at this stage because then we have something to go off of in in the future when we actually are really handicapping these games on a game-by-game basis. Absolutely. When we come back for hour number two, we reset the show. There's some news and notes we have to cover, and then we dig back into the schedule. I actually think the prime time games are very, very interesting. We're going to try and find some value there as well. And we look at week one. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.